1: And I'm Chris McCarthy. And we have a great show ahead for you today. We're obviously going to talk about the Morad Pay Raise Amendments. we got Jack Splane coming in from New Bedford Light at 8. Ted Nisi from WPRI Channel 12 at 8.30. But first, we're joined uh, by a friend of the show, uh, Rasan Hall. He ran for Plymouth County District Attorney. We had the debate here with him and District Attorney Cruz. And he's going to be giving a speech uh, in New Bedford for the MLK Day um, uh, celebration on Sunday. So... Hey, Rasan.
2: Hi. How are you?
1: Good. Good. So, so Rasan, um, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Uh, you know, we talked to you during the during the DA's race. I had you in for an hour uh, interview, which was really great. We had the DA's debate here, the one or two DA's debates here on uh, South Coast tonight. Um, what's your just general reaction to uh, the 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 results of the race, and and uh, where do you think you're going to go forward from there?
2: Uh, well, as you can imagine, I was quickly disappointed with the outcome of the race. Uh, I thought that we ran a really strong and a good professional campaign, and yeah. we invested a lot of time in talking to people in Plymouth County and getting their perspectives uh, on some of the issues, and uh, really had a good, strong platform that was rooted in uh, evidence, and uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, ultimately the, the, the turnout of the vote uh, or the low voter turnout, I think, uh, didn't help. But, you know, I think there was uh, something to be said about where Plymouth County residents saw uh, the criminal legal system. And so, you know, I think it's unfortunate because when you think about the gross racial disparities that exist and the number of injustices that have happened and continue to happen uh, under this administration, uh, people who have the privilege of not having to be impacted by this system, uh, can continue to live their lives that way. But poor people, people of color, people who struggle with mental health, uh, issues and substance use disorders will be disproportionately impacted, uh, by the practices of this office in, in a negative way. But the voters have spoken. And so, you know, we'll see what happens four years from now.
1: So, uh, Rasan, I mean, you have a, um, you have, uh, I think, a really strong background for, uh, for I think, running for political office. The DA's race didn't go the way uh, you had hoped it went. But do you see yourself uh, running for an elected office sometime in the in the near future?
2: Uh, you know, I never want to foreclose any opportunities. Right now, I'm certainly not thinking about that. I'm just um, kind of looking at the opportunities that. Uh, I have before me right now, but, you know, if, if the right situation occurs and I feel like I can make a meaningful contribution in that role, I'll certainly give it strong consideration after, uh, you know, discussing it with my family.
1: So we're speaking with Rasan Hall. He's a civil rights attorney. Um, he's actually
2: speaking in New Bedford on Sunday.
1: Um, Rasan, uh, how did that come about? You're speaking at the Our Lady of Assumption Church on South 6th Street, and uh, it's an MLK day. Um, Celebration uh, MLK Day is on on Monday How did that come about, you uh, coming to speak In New Bedford?
2: Uh, You know, folks uh, had reached out uh, In the planning For uh, the event Uh, I think it was A coordinated effort between the City of New Bedford and the Uh, New Bedford branch NAACP and when thinking about speakers, my name came up and some of the people on the planning committee knew me and and reached out to me and extended the invitation. And, uh, you know, normally I try to limit the number of engagements that I have. At that time, I already had two, Um, but because I think New Bedford is a special place and uh, you know, there are some unique circumstances that I think the message of Dr. King is is, is very relevant. Uh, I was more than willing to uh, participate and be the keynote speaker.
1: What does um, uh, as a as a civil rights attorney, as a person of color, what does MLK Day mean uh, to you personally?
2: Uh, It it means a lot of things. I mean, I I remember uh, a period of time when this was not a holiday. I remember listening to Stevie Wonder uh, album and the song and the campaign that was led by uh, Dr. King's wife, Coretta Scott King, and many others to make his birthday uh, a national holiday. And and just seeing him as someone who was um, the figurehead, the spokesperson, um, the leader of a movement, also knowing that there were many other people uh, behind the scenes and a part of the movement. Uh, it, it's you know, affirming in, in one sense to, to see that this day is recognized. Uh, but then also uh, I think it's important, and also personally for me uh, as an ordained reverend, uh, I think the message um, of, of love um, and beyond just a pacifist love, uh but a love that is rooted in speaking truth to power a love that is rooted in justice a love that's rooted in lifting up uh the least of these in our society and so to have a day that memorializes uh this person who was the embodiment of a movement uh and lift up all of the others who made significant and great sacrifices uh, is is a wonderful occasion and and you know I struggle with the, the kind of the pacifist uh, notion of King that always gets presented, like the I'd have a dream speech, and, and people rarely talk about his criticism of the war in Vietnam or um, materialism um, right. uh, or, or police violence. So I think this is a significant day to look deeper into who Dr. King was.
1: So we're speaking with Rasan Hall. He's a civil rights attorney. He's speaking in New Bedford uh,
0: for MLK Day celebration on Sunday. Chris, so Rasan, I think a lot of us have been um, maybe disturbed, shocked, whatever you want to say, over the years as the Bobby Kennedy wiretaps of uh, Dr. King have come out. Has that, you know, in any way changed your image of Dr. King, or, or or do you feel like you shouldn't judge someone by their worst moments um, when they have such great moments?
2: Well, I, I mean, I think that's part of the problem in uh, lionizing uh, people is that human beings are fallible. And, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and I and, and, and I think there's something to be said about the good works of a person, um, maybe not necessarily outweighing uh, the transgressions or the bad aspects of them. But it, it it's it's important for us to have a full picture uh, of a person's humanity, sure. their their humanity, their their, their flaws. Um, the dark underbellies that exist, um, and, and sometimes the, the missteps uh, that they make. And so I think it's, uh, it's a good lesson, um, and I think a lot can be learned from it, uh, but I think it's also important to look at the broader movement uh, that he was a part of and uh, the symbol of change that he represented.
0: I think you make a great point, and you, you can maybe speak to this. They they're unveiled unveiled a statue today uh, in Boston um, of the embrace of um, of Dr. Doctor Curtis Scott King uh, embracing, and that's from a picture when they were there in Boston. And one of the things they've done at that monument is to add the names of other civil rights leaders who were with Dr. King that day in Boston. And I do think that is a much more representative of the entire movement. I think that's what you're, you're sort of saying. Can you speak to that?
2: Absolutely. I had the privilege of actually being there uh, today and and seeing a lot of uh, close friends and uh, co-laborers in the vineyard of justice. And in addition to honoring and recognizing the historical figures, there were also some contemporary. Uh, figures, people who are still with us, Mm -hmm. uh, who have uh, been engaged in in civil rights work. And so to have a a beautiful symbol, a representative of black love. Here is a black man and a black woman who were in love, who were in love with not only each other, but their people and this movement for justice, but also to broaden the scope to, uh, to capture some of the other lives. Uh, that made those significant sacrifices to see the advances uh, that we have the benefit of uh, of being a part of I, I think is is really significant, and the embrace organization is more than just this statute there's policy work that they'll be doing there's um, community advocacy work that they're going to be doing, so it was a really uh, meaningful and powerful event that continues not only the legacy of dr. and Mrs. King but the many civil rights and racial justice advocates uh, from the greater Boston
1: area. Well, so to to that point, I was thinking, you know, a lot's always been said about uh, MLK and and, and Malcolm X uh, during the civil rights movement. But there was so many others. Uh, I always think of Fred Hampton, Medgar Evers, Um, who other than, you know, the big two, uh, uh, King and Malcolm X, who do you um, who else do you uh, sort of admire in that in that civil rights movement of the the 50s to, to, to 70s?
2: Yeah, I I think another person that's uh, really significant to me is Fannie Lou Hamer. Um, I think just the the risk that she put herself at to uh, fight for enfranchisement, uh, for the right to vote uh, for black people in in the South to the point that she was almost beaten to death um, and that she understood it more than just access to the ballot, but also political power uh, and running the Mississippi Democratic People's Party. I I, I think she is such a... Uh, uh an unsung hero uh, of of the movement and and you know and other people like um you know Diane Nash and you know Hosea Williams so there's 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 a lot of people uh from that period of time that don't get uh the recognition John Lewis uh of course. from the congressman um you know those are people who were there on the front lines doing the work uh Kwame or Stokely Carmichael yeah. uh, put more of the, the, the radical edge, pushing uh, the envelope even farther uh, to really conceptualize what liberty and freedom looked like, particularly for black people in America, given the oppression uh, that they faced that
1: faced. Well, so <coughs> to that point, um, you talked about contemporary um, uh, contemporary leaders in the movement for civil rights and, and people locally. Um, who do you identify uh, in that in that in that realm?
2: Yeah, you know, I think uh, Michael Curry is someone who is significant in this space. Um, it locally, he's on the National NAACP uh, Board uh, of Directors, the former president of the Boston branch uh, NAACP. Tanisha Sullivan, who's the current uh, president of the uh, NAACP, I think when we look, Um, Nationally, you can look at people like uh, Derek Jackson, who's the national NAACP president, or uh, Mark Morial, um, who uh, is the president of the uh, national uh, urban. So, you know, those are some of the more high profile um, people that are that are really out here um, doing meaningful
0: work. Uh Roshan, I have a question for you. <clears throat> we over the years we've we've done a lot here with the uh, the JFK assassination, the Bobby Kennedy assassination, and certainly Martin Luther King's assassination. There are still a lot of questions today about that. Um Professor Melanson, who's since passed away, but actually probably would have voted for you. He lived in Plymouth County in Matthepoison, was a professor <laughs> out here at UMass uh Dartmouth, established the uh Bobby Kennedy assassination archives. And there is a lot of material on uh on uh MLK's assassination. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that investigation was on the up and up?
2: Uh, I, I don't. Okay. And I think there is uh, um, a large body of evidence that, you know, I'm less familiar with, but certainly have been in conversation and community with people who are deeply vested in um, uh, that work. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Siddiqui Cambone. Um, uh, uh, former Boston City Councilor uh, Chuck Turner, uh, who were really pushing the effort to really uh, revisit that investigation mm-hmm. and, and explore whether or not there was something more um, uh, nefarious uh, at play in, in that uh, assassination.
1: We're speaking with Rasan Hall. He's a civil rights attorney. He's giving a speech for an MLK Day celebration this Sunday um, at the OLOA Church on 6th Street uh, in New Bedford. So, uh, Rasan, you. Um during the uh, time from election day till, I guess uh, still now because she hasn't been inaugurated yet, you're in the tra- you're in the transition team for uh, uh, Attorney General Elect uh, Andrea Campbell. Um, what's some of the work that you've done on that uh, transition team, and what are you looking forward to with uh, uh, Attorney General Campbell's uh, tenure? Yeah, so I'm
2: on the one of the subcommittees uh, to provide recommendations for the criminal bureau. And so the work has been primarily bringing together a set of recommendations for the incoming attorney general to consider and help shape uh, her agenda and the agenda of the attorney general's office moving forward. And so in addition to my own perspective of how the criminal legal system could change in the role that the attorney general's office has in changing that. I think it was also important for us to speak to uh, community stakeholders and other advocates. And so I spent some time talking to people to get some of the, uh, their perspective and, and feedback on some of the things that, have, uh, that should be happening uh, in the attorney general's office, particularly as it relates um, to the criminal bureau. And so thinking about what I'm looking forward uh, to seeing uh, under uh, Attorney General Elect Campbell. Uh, on a certain level, a continuation of the leadership that we had under now Governor Moore, here, uh, but also leaning in on more racial justice issues in a more strident way, uh, looking at some of the conditions of confinement. Um, there's several reports coming out of Bridgewater State um, Hospital um, looking at uh, how people are being treated there. Uh, I think that warrants. Um, a further investigation, um, looking at uh, civil rights investigations that we haven't uh, really seen a lot of uh, in the past, and using the platform as uh, the top prosecutor in the state uh, to really change the conversation about the role that prosecutors have uh, and looking at conviction integrity uh, and police misconduct and accountability. And so hopefully uh, the recommendations that we make, she receives and is able to, to act on.
0: We're speaking with Rashaun Hall, who, who um, was a candidate for district attorney in Plymouth County. But before that, he was a prosecutor and a defense attorney. Um, he's a prosecutor. I believe he did murder cases in Suffolk County. Um, with that in mind, I don't believe you have any involvement with the current case in Cohasset. So I think I feel comfortable asking you, just generally speaking, how you think that's unfolding. Unfortunately, it's unfolding in front of every all of us. But I think a lot of people at home are interested in the case. And do you have a comment or two on that?
2: I, I mean, it's 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 very disturbing case from what I've been able to see about it in uh, the. the- the papers and uh, on uh, television and hearing on the radio. It's unfortunate anytime someone is is killed, but particularly where, as it is beginning to appear. And granted, everyone is uh, has the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. Um, a, a case like this, where um, someone was killed by. Um, uh, their partner uh, raises serious issues around uh, intimate partner uh, violence and domestic violence, but it also uh, raises a significant issue about racial disparities in media coverage of disappearances and there's been several reports uh, about the lack of coverage uh, for women of color, particularly black women uh, who go missing um, and are either kidnapped or, uh, or murdered. And there's a, a, a research tool or an online tool that if you put in your demographics, it will tell you roughly how many news stories uh, you will receive. And so if you are a young white woman uh, you, you know, and, you, and, and geographically, depending on where it is, there'll be, you know, several hundred uh, articles. But if you're an older black woman, uh, you maybe get ten articles uh, or uh, media appearances. And so, I think this is another case, as as dramatic uh, as it is. And again, not to dismiss the, the severity uh, or the pain that is associated with this case, but there's just as many other cases. Uh, like this, that involve uh, women of color, uh, Native American women, that don't get anywhere near the type of press coverage about it.
1: So, Rasan, uh, you, um, you know, you've uh, in, 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 since uh, since the uh, the election, you've uh, co- uh, founded Rasan uh, Hall Consulting uh, up in Boston. Um, can you talk about some of the work that you do uh, as a principal of that consulting firm?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, I I, I founded it um, last year. Okay. Um, I you know I, before I was the director of the racial justice program for the ACLU uh, of Massachusetts. But in order to run for office, I couldn't continue to work there, and so that's when I started the consulting company. Because you know, if anybody who's ever run for office knows, it's expensive, then <laughs> yeah. somebody's got to pay the bills. Yes, so, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and so and, and it's not out of Boston. It's actually here in in uh, Brockton, but but okay. I work with uh, clients, but it's, it's essentially uh policy advocacy and racial justice advocacy. Um, and so, you know, one of my clients is actually King Boston or embrace uh, the organization oh, oh. that is, was behind the, uh, the unveiling uh, today, but that's the beauty of this organization is it did not come into existence just to create this monument as beautiful and as significant as it is, uh, but to also be engaged in the community um, and, uh, and possibly engaged in policy advocacy. And So I've been uh, doing some consulting with them on some of that as well as several other clients.
1: So you, you, live, you, you live in Brockton. Um, it's a gateway city, much like New Bedford and Fall River down here. Um, you know, you've talked about some of the issues you see in criminal justice uh, in Brockton. But what are some of the uh, broader issues that you see in Brockton, and, and how do you think that they could be fixed?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to really look at housing costs. That's uh, always going to be a significant issue throughout Massachusetts, but particularly here in Brockton. As a gateway city, there are a lot of people who have moved here from Boston because Boston is no longer affordable. Uh, But now it's getting to the place where Brockton is starting to become unaffordable. And there are a lot of people who are being Uh, displaced. There's always issues around substance use, mental health issues, and homelessness. Uh, You know, I think Mass and CAF up in Boston is kind of the epicenter. Um, But, you know, we've got an area here in Brockton off of Main Street that that has a similar collection uh, of of people, and, you know, Father Bill's main screen is doing the work to try to serve uh, people in the community, but there's just not enough resources. And, of course, uh education making sure that our children have the resources uh to be fully engaged uh, in learning and um and and, and really having other opportunities uh, so that they don't get involved uh in some of the things that derail uh, so so many people, and so that we don 't have to uh, rely on law enforcement uh, to address some of the issues and and concern there and I, and I think lastly, civic engagement is always uh, uh, an issue in dense urban settings, um, but you know when you think about the the demographics of the city of Boston, uh brockton it's you know the blackest city in New England it has a high Uh, percentage of, uh, you know, people who are are foreign-born or immigrants. But when you look at the the power structure of the city, it's not reflective of the residents of the city. And I know you can take into account people's, you know, immigration status and whether or not they're actually registered Um, to vote, Uh, but I think there needs to be a lot more education and engagement uh, to really have uh, a a, a city and uh, with people who have access to the levers of power in the city that look more like um, um, the city from a variety of perspectives.
1: So, Rasan, we we appreciate you joining us this evening. You're giving a speech in New Bedford this Sunday, 3.30 to 4.30 at the OLOA Church on 6th Street in New Bedford. Um, before we let you go, where can people go to learn more about you or the work you're doing?
2: Uh, you know, I think one of the easiest places to find out information uh, about me and what I'm doing is on my social media. Um, uh, it's uh, Rasan uh, D. Hall. Um, that's on Twitter and Instagram, R-A-H-S-A-A-N, the letter D, Hall, H-A-L-L. <laughs>
1: Rassan, thank you so much for joining us. I'm looking forward to your speech. Uh, I am going to. Uh, I'm going to be there, so uh, looking forward wonderful. to seeing your speech.
2: Great, wonderful. Thank
1: you. Thank Thanks you for it, having Sean. me on
2: again, guys. Really good to talk to you. Again. Nice to see you. Absolutely. RG. Thank you.
1: We'll have you on again. That was Rasan Hall, a civil rights attorney, who's a former candidate for Plymouth County DA. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. This is South Coast Night with Chris and Marcus.
0: 1420
1: WBS attorney Rasan Hall will be speaking Sunday at a Church, away church, three to four thirty. That's been put. A, been put on by the city. Actually, heard about it from a press release from Mayor Mitchell's office. So, um, then I, you know, and reached out to Rasan and, uh, had him on the, uh, on the show again. That was a really interesting debate that we had when we had him and, uh, D.A. Cruz in. And, uh, we had D.A. Cruz on afterwards and we'll definitely have him on again in the future. So, Chris, uh, shifting, um, to the local political realm yes. uh, a little bit, um, The Morad Pay Raise Amendments. The Morad Pay Raise Amendments, which have now been amended. By Morad. By Morad. In the end, it was the Morad Amendment that killed the Morad Amendment. (laughs) So, Marcus, am am I clear on this? Am I clear on this? She put them forward. She put them forward, all three of them. All three of those $50,000 pay raises, she put them forward.
0: Her colleagues all voted for them. Her colleagues all voted for them. Then she amended them. Then she amended them. Once again, unanimous vote. Yes. All right. Now, I had <laughs> joked the night before, Marcus. Two nights, maybe two nights ago. We had joked, and, and again, I mean, look, there has to be some levity in this. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, look, when I heard Linda today, and again, I have a lot of respect for her, and um, she wrote me two beautiful letters when I was in the hospital dying. Very nice. And I, yeah, I mean, I really, they meant a lot to me, and I, I think she's a very bright person. Mm-hmm. That's why she amended it, because she re- recognized the error of her ways. Mm-hmm. But, Today when she was saying she feels bad that the way employees are being vilified. We were not vilifying employees. Well, so that's what I'm... We're vilifying the council. Let's not get it twisted. Let's not get it confused. We weren't vilifying the employees. We know the employees don't make their own in, raises.
1: And in, 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 in her specifically for passing the amendments. In, f- further, furthermore, the notion that we can't talk about public employees making $130,000 if you get your way is ridiculous. Because, oh, they're not elected officials. Well, it's we, a public record. We they're, they're public employees. They're public it's employees. Public, that, it's
0: public record. My father was a public employee. My mother was a public employee for a period of time. It's a public record. We talk about, well, not only that... You're an elected official. I was an elected official. Yes. Look,
1: <laughs> it's not. Department heads are in the news all the time. The non-elected. We talk about Chief Oliveira all the time, right? No one's time. complaining about that.
0: All the time. It's just because it's just. No, no. It was just a dog. It was a pearl clutch. It was an. It was an. It was an attempt by her to grab another arrow catcher. Yeah. Exactly. To go, don't talk about my pay raise because you're vilifying these good city employees. No, we're not. No. We're vilifying you. Yeah. Exactly. Understand what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We yeah. were vilifying them. We were vilifying you. You didn't understand that? Yeah. You clearly did. That's why you you, you dressed it up as us attacking someone, on yeah. a public employee. Yeah. We were criticizing you. Now, I'm going to do it again because, Marcus, I was joking the other night about the Christmas presents having to be rewrapped and brought back to the store. <laughs> yeah, right. What do you tell employees... Who were given these outsized raises? I was joking. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry? Yeah, I made a mistake. Yeah. You don't get that money? Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a real mind game. Because yeah. what, you because your chestnuts are in the fire now. I, if you you talk take about, away their raises.
1: If you want to talk about Yeah, if you want to talk about sticking it to public employees who aren't elected officials and they don't deserve this well, talk about giving them a $50,000 pay raise, thinking you could get away with it. And then when you couldn't get away with it, then saying, oh, my God, how could you do this to them? I thought was totally I thought it was totally ridiculous. And I and, and I, I think the, the entire the entire time I, I didn't see a lot of me. I didn't hear a lot of me a from her. It was well, all
0: I'm going to use the word cruel. Yeah, it's cruel. Yeah. Because, look, if you're any one of those employees, you thought you'd hit the lottery. Mm-hmm. Which I think people in the audience, particularly tonight with that lottery drawing, are thinking about. Yeah, imagine if you thought you won tonight. Yeah, and tomorrow the the state said, "No, that was the wrong numbers. We're sorry." Yeah, exactly. We, we drew different numbers. Yeah, we, you, you only get half that.
1: And and it's right, exactly. And and it's 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 also like, you know, people like it was just so on it. The the the, the notion it was just so
0: on its face like outrageous. So Marcus, there was no coming back and saying, as you point out, no saying, "Geez, I'm sorry, we made it. We made a math." Because listen, I was a sales manager and he handled people's commissions. Occasionally there were math mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Occasionally products get returned, and you say to someone, "That sale didn't go through. I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. Okay. Not that we're making a change to your compensation. <laughs> yeah. And now you don't get it. Yeah. I mean, there was no, guys, we made a mathematical error. It was, guys, we're getting the political heat, so now you lose.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Right. Because is just incredibly yeah. cruel. Yeah. I'm not saying that it was wrong to go, how am I saying this? They did the wrong thing and, and made it worse by doing the wrong hey, thing. Hey. And here's the thing about oh. the guys of the right thing. And here's the thing about like
1: like blaming us for all this too. It's like we we No no I want them to blame me. Right. Give me more well, credit than I deserve. Right. Well that well here's my here's my thing with it, right? This was reported on by Jack Spillane and Arthur Hirsch. Who will be here later. Yep, who will be here later. And we talked about it and the people responded. I can't even. I can count. I can't even count on both my hands the number of times I've talked about stuff that I really care about that nobody else cares about, and it yeah. gets no traction, and everybody just basically ignores me. In this, in this particular instance, people actually, the callers in, in this, in this instance, were disciplining me to stay on it. I remember right. I was talking about something. I was going off. Someone, someone called in. Yeah, yeah, Right. Cuba. I was going. I was going yeah, yeah. Yeah. How yeah. great
0: Cuba yeah, is. Yeah. I was.
1: I was. Yeah. I was having a Shea Guevara Memorial <laughs> episode. Right. Right. And and no, someone called in and was like, someone called in and was like, well, no, hold on, Marcus. You got to talk, literally, right. you got to talk
0: about this. You got to talk about it. The college for disciplining us on this. It went across all the other shows. It went across all the other shows, exactly. It went to all the other media out there. Mm-hmm. And Marcus, let to, in, a, in a little while, we'll have Ted Nisi on. Yeah. Ted Nisi and, 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 and Tim White, who do newsmakers, that shows on Sunday. You and I have a, a, little, a sneak preview of it. We know it's on Channel 12 this weekend. Yes, it's on Channel 12. Channel 12 is covering the Morad pay raise. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, they're covering it too. So it's like,
1: you know, it's because it's a big deal. It it, it jumps up. It it shocked the conscience. It shocked the conscience. We got to take a call. I'm
0: gonna
3: cross state line. Good evening, fellas. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. All due respect. 25 percent still pretty good. Oh yeah, I agree. And maybe we're getting played by, Linda and her gang because. They originally would have been happy with 25%. So you shoot high. <laughs> Maybe. You got, you got caught, You're 100% right, Carla. See, you know, and you, you got the 25%. Now, it's still an arbitrary number because nobody's told us what the average going rate for, you know, the dog catcher or whatever is in the state. It's still just an arbitrary number. So have we really won? I don't
0: know. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. You know, I think... I wonder what M- John Mitchell's going to ultimately do here. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you that, when I, again, Freetown is different, although I would say we have more wild animals in Freetown. When I was on the board of <laughs> select, we needed, a, we needed a new animal control officer. I think yeah, we got about office. four or five people who applied for the job, and the yeah. pay was nowhere near what they're paying now. I mean, it just... It just yeah. Really, I, I mean... And again, we're not making light of the animal control office it's, it's a dangerous job i yeah. wouldn't want to do it but it, but i would do it for the kind of money they're paying now yeah
3: right and, and i would like to see him say look this is the going rate in massachusetts not we're gonna give them 25 percent. everybody will be happy no <laughs> give me what the average is hey even if you want to pay five percent above average so we can say yeah we're gonna go get
1: that that originally you know, what it, what it basically that's what it was that's what the, that's what mitchell had proposed it's like five, right. yeah, five percent. I
3: don't know, either we got played or. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the I, call is the right. Doctor. Yeah, that I, might be that,
0: that. might that might be it. That might be <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. All
3: you right, know, take
1: care, fellas. That, thank you. It's
0: like a three card Monty game. I mean, really, well, it is a shell game in some well, respect.
1: Look well, over here. Here's the um. Here's the here's the other thing I wanted to address about her appearance on Tim Show, and she'll be here every Friday talking to Tim. But uh, the other thing she she had said was um, she had said. Uh, her and Council Markey had said, well, it's, we actually made it a point to say it's not about the people. It's about the position, right? And so, Chris, we do a lot of inside baseball here. We talk about a lot of technical stuff. That's what we in the politics game and in the show business like to call lying <laughs> that, that is a lie we know it's a lie because there are comments on the record here and even in the council meeting where they approve those pay raises where they talked about the people specifically like when council name. Carney said go out with a bang right. for one of the employees right. right and when uh she said on this show um, well, these p- these particular individuals have worked here for so long right. that we wanted to give them a pay raise. Right. Council Markey, right. Markey, had said that on my show. It's it's it's, a, it's a, it is a common theme, and 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 I believe that was Mayor Mitchell's position as well. That they that these are people that they just in particular liked, and I'm sure they're great people. But that's right. not the, it. Wasn't about the p- position. It was about the people,
0: and they just came on to say, "Well, it wasn't about them, and how dare you even mention their names?" <laughs> right. As <laughs> if how dare, how dare you mention them? names. <laughs> First of all, I know Manny Mays. So he's a great guy. He's got broad shoulders. He can handle it. Yeah. Um, it's going to have to. S- certainly for the pay raise he's yeah, getting. Right, it's right. worth it, right? Yeah. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that as the caller said, they didn't come back, and as I started talking about before, they didn't come back with any other studies. They didn't come back with saying we made a we made a clerical error, we made a a, a mathematical error. The, the the rays meant to be this; they should have been that. Therefore, we're going to make them the right thing. They did none of that. They just no. felt the heat and pulled the money back. That's Exactly what they did. So, well, they they
1: admitted, they admitted as much too. They all they all said to to Adam Bass that hey, we heard from our constituents; they didn't like this, and we thought afterwards that it was I think. Council prayer had and it's good you 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 admit you make a mistake you try to change it right yes um and he had said that that 40 to fifty thousand dollars. i think he said was out of whack and, and good good on him well, for what, the I want to know,
0: what i want to know is how did they not realize that yeah i mean marks again like i said it's not like the math was done incorrectly yeah. that i understand i do it all the time yeah where they go hey man i i didn't carry the you know the yeah. two i should have right no, no, they knew what they were doing. Right. That didn't occur to them? $50,000? That, that, that shows you the kind of money they're
1: playing with. Yeah, exa- well, exa- ex- exactly. No, ex- exactly. I, and that was the whole thing, because I, I, heard, I heard calls throughout the day. To Tim's show, to Barry's show, there were a couple callers that took the position that, oh well, every you know, people in city government do need pay raises. Again, not something we were debating at all. We actually had Mayor Mitchell on, you and me, and talked to him for like a half hour about this. Right, and we actually talked about one of the counselors who was on, Linda Morad, saying that maybe they won't need a pay raise. Maybe it's just that Mayor Mitchell's like a mean guy and he's mean to his department heads, and that's why they can't keep people. Right. right? We talked about that. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so we we know that those unit employees needed a pay. Raise. We were stumping for it and we were stumping for it. In fact, absolutely. So we, we were stumping for it. So so the, the the notion that like we, you know, we had any uh, opposite position than that is an absolute straw man. It's not a matter of, oh, it's 25 cents out of your paycheck for those particular pay raises. It is the notion that you have elected officials entrusted with your tax dollars and they are spending it in a laissez-faire way. So we got to take a break.
0: I think our guests here. All right. Listen to us live
1: anywhere in the
0: world on the WBSM app. If you're shocked, Marcus McCarthy. South Coast tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBSM.
3: Welcome, Marcus. Hey. um,
0: we we'll have uh, Jack Spillane and, and Arthur Hirsch from yep. New Bedford Light, and, yeah. and we'll also have Ted Nisi. Yeah, Ted Nisi will um, be calling
1: in at eight thirty. He's got a he's got a really good interview with Mayor Mitchell uh, on Newsmakers that you can listen to on a podcast, or you can watch on Sunday, or you can watch online. There's a lot of ways to enjoy that content. and It's really good. We're gonna, you know, we want you to hear Mayor Mitchell's comments himself, but there's a lot. There's some news broken in that segment, in that in that interview. So. Absolutely. So so um, so, Chris. We were talking about the Morad pay raise amendments, and, you know, it sounds, you know, we had a caller just now. We had, we still, had, there were some callers during the day. They, they still, people still seem to be
0: upset about even the resolution. So I know when I was listening to Tim's show today, people were saying, May Mitchell, just what we heard that other caller basically say, still looks like a flim flam. Yeah. May Mitchell should, should veto the whole thing and make him start I heard over. someone it, say that, right? yeah. He won't do it, but. No, you don't think he will? I mean he, he he's
1: been adamant about he's been adamant about needing to
0: sign that so it would it would surprise me but we'll see. So my my issue with it and, and where I think the mayor may have a position is that the whole thing has been tarnished now. Yeah. A lot of that was really good work. Yeah. It was professionally done. And now it's got the taint of nepotism whatever the, whatever derogatory term you want to use. Um And it's been scuttled and rebuilt. I mean, just, I I think a starting over might be the right spot to go.
1: Yeah, uh, it just depends on how, you know, I think his primary, it depends on where, you know, if he feels like he can, you know, amend it or uh, afterwards. I think he feels strongly that the operations of city government do need to go forward and they can't go forward without adding the personnel they need to do, but we'll, we'll see how he responds. I mean, if it's, if it's passed, I don't know how soon it gets to his desk for a signature, but right. I will, I guess we'll find out um next week i'm sure we'll get a we'll get a press release on it um at at some point as well but uh 5089960500 is how you can join us this evening we're also taking your uh, app chat messages on the wbsm app if you want to uh if you want to chime in i got an app chat message now saying you know 25% still too much um you know veto the whole thing uh, this is what someone said but right. i i don't think it's going to I mean, that's not the resolution. I don't know if that resolution is – I don't know if that's the best one, honestly. I don't know if that's the best resolution because there are – we do recognize that people are underpaid and that – that they do need to get those pay raises and that there are staff that needs to be filled. So that is still the reality. And I think there might be a, a practical component of that. So we're going to uh, actually take uh, a break now and uh, we will be back to finish out the hour strong. This is Chris McCarthy and Marcus Ferro here on South coast tonight. Oh, yeah, I wish. Oh man. <laughs> So, uh, Jack and Arthur Hirsch, they're here with us now. They're going to be joining us in the eight o'clock hour. We've got Ted Nisi that's going to call in, preview his, uh, really good and news breaking interview. News making. News making. News making interview with, uh, with, with Mayor John Mitchell. And, um, we're really, uh, we're really looking forward to that. So, you know, obviously, we couldn't have, we couldn't have had the discussions we had without, without Arthur and and, and Jack's reporting at the New Bedford Light on these, um, on Absolutely. these Morad pay raise amendments. Absolutely. So, um, we we do appreciate it. It's a nice, it, it, it I, you know, the local media sphere, um, is is really is really taking form in a meaningful way, uh,
0: going into an election year. So, so we're really, um, creating a. What for a while was was a non-existent uh, media uh, world, yeah. or, or, or a smaller one, I guess. But really, with the addition of the light, the addition of this program, mm-hmm. um, carrying which, which as Tim was pointing out, it makes it easier for him in the in the morning to to come in and yeah. talk about. Cause the, the, we, you know, we outlined it in the evenings. Yeah. Um, so there really is a um, a media universe, local one, yeah. being created here. Um, I think the kind that. They don't have in Boston. Right. You don't get this kind of coverage of the Boston City Council. You, you really bo- don't. You don't, you no, know. Not in the radio. Nope, no. Not in the radio. And and um, even the Boston Globe basically ignores the Yeah. The, they got one city reporter. Right. But yeah. So um what we've lost at the standard times, we've gained again. You know, we have an additional reporter here yeah. with with Adam Bass. I'll say Frank Mulligan's doing a good job, but he's he's you know he's one guy. He's one guy. You know, so we um, unleash the bass. We unleash the, the bass. attack. The bass swims in and attacks.
1: Yeah. So we're uh, we're we're wrapping up here, and we'll see you guys in the eight o'clock hour with uh, Arthur Her- Arthur Hirsch and Jack Splinter. <laughs>